richly bless you this morning. What a beautiful, beautiful anointing of the Lord that is in this place today, and it is just absolutely special. Praise God, and I thank you. Brother Vargas, I'm going to have you give me a hand, if you wouldn't mind. I've got 40 of these made out. I think I have enough. If I don't, we can make more copies. Along with that, um, if you want to do double duty, I've taken the liberty to sharpen pencils this morning, brought me back to my elementary days, and notice that we have them in a bread cup, so we are just absolutely following protocol here today, in Jesus' name. So, yeah, maybe we can get a couple of people to help him. I'm passing out a, a small Bible study here today that we're going to be going through. A good friend of mine in Idaho um, uh, is, the, is the author of this, uh, Brother Jerry Holt. He is just an absolute amazing guy, and I've been friends with him now for, boy, it's got to be close to 30 years. He has been my nearest neighbor as far as in the district is concerned. At one time, he was wanting Idaho to become Section 5 in the Rocky Mountain <laughs> District. I said, no, no, he is, a, he is a tremendous leader, was on the foreign field for a number of years. I think this Bible study, I might have done this for the discipleship, or a discipleship class, but nevertheless, if you've had this before, I think this will be a good, um, um, uh, a good reminder of you. We're going to talk about this. Uh, next week, if, if, we, if, if it's a green light, I'm going to go to part two of this, and we're going to talk about um, identifying spiritual strongholds. And right away, early in the year, I think it's a good idea. And today we're going to pray before we actually start the Bible study that God will help us to be not only honest, but God will help us to be forthcoming. Listen, folks, you and I have absolutely nothing that we can hide from God. It's probably one of the most ridiculous things we can try to do is hide something from God. And so God knows about us. He understands the struggles that you're involved in. He's not here to make you... Um, a spectacle or anything of that nature. He's just here to expose some things that will help us, help us to come closer to him and to have what we talked about this morning, victory. God wants to give us the victory down here on a limited basis, understand. We must understand the fullness of what we're going to get from God will not happen until after we die. It just cannot be contained in a human vessel. That's what I'm saying. But it doesn't mean that we can't rise to limits or we can't rise the, the bar a little bit and we can, we, can, we can gain some things. There's tremendous victory that we can have um, uh, right here, right here in this world right now. And I'm hoping that this Bible study will be, lend itself for that in Jesus' name. Because listen to me, folks. Did you, everybody got one? Thank you so much, sir. Whatever they're paying you, we're going to double it, okay? That's what we're going to do. Amen. We're just feeling generous this morning here at the Abundant Life Church, so that's the way it is. But yes, we want, we want God to show us some things. You've got pencils there. You're going to have to mark in the blanks. Um, it's just really a, a method to keep you awake, okay? But the bottom line is I hope that this Bible study will be something that will not only in, um, inspire you, but it will begin to give you faith in the things of God in Jesus' name. Let's just lift, put the paper down for just a second, and let's lift both of those hands right now. Come on. In true submission to the Lord. God, we have nothing to hide. There's nothing here, Lord God, that you can accomplish with us in Jesus' name. And God, I want you to touch every person here. Every person. I pray that there is nobody, nobody that will literally be the same because of what we're doing here today. We can't. God, we can't go on in a mediocrity. We can't go on with a low 
totem pole type of mentality. We've got to stretch. We've got to do things. This is the year 2021. God, you are coming back very soon. We have got to see the move of God like never before, not only individually, but in a church. Oh, Jesus, and I'm expecting that to happen. I'm absolutely expecting that to happen in the name of Jesus. And God, as always, I give you call full credit. There's nobody that can take any, any credit for this, God. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, I'm depending on that here today in the name of Jesus. And God, as always, I give you praise and glory. What do you say? We just lift up our voices. Come on, just lift up your voice to the King of Kings the Lord of Lords. He is the Almighty God. You may be seated again. Thank you so much for responding to what God wants to do. Appreciate all the folks that came out to pray last night. It was just a tremendous prayer meeting. God is, I mean, there's something that is rising amongst us. I, somebody asked me, how does this work with you with this tongues and praying? You know, really, folks, all I'm learning to do, and this I'll just pass on to you, I'm just simply making myself available to God. That's about the best you can do. Come on, and whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it, is absolutely fine with me. And prayer has to enter that kind of a dimension. We can't program this thing. We can't start pushing buttons and expect God to do what we want him to do right now. We just must continually make ourselves available to him and as he begins to encompass us, because the Bible says it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's what is accomplishing things. And so keep that in mind. We're going to do that again. I might as well go ahead and, and, and announce it again next Saturday night. If you can, we'll just, uh, we'll just uh, meet here here at five o'clock and if you can come god bless you if you can you got other things going that's you know uh, that's okay but i just want you to understand that this year we're going to try to make more and more room for prayer in jesus name and i'm not talking about just telling god how bad it is and what i want and that type of thing i'm talking about effectual prayer i'm talking about fervent prayer that the bible speaks about that can accomplish things in the heavenly realm amen not telling god what to do but allowing god to use us in in Jesus name look at 2nd Corinthians chapter number 10 on your syllabus is there this is kind of the the go-to scripture here that we're going to be talking about um, the Bible says and it's one that I'm sure that many of you are familiar with 2nd Corinthians 10 the Bible says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty through God somebody say amen to the pulling, uh, um, weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. We all have them, okay? It says, um, um, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. It says, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when yours and my obedience is fulfilled. Don't ever let some charismatic come along and say you don't have to obey God. Obedience is a very important thing. Now, that doesn't mean we're working our way to heaven. It just means that if we're going to have right standing with God, you and I have to always do our best. 
Amen. We have to do our best. That's what separates, in my opinion, one of the things that separates true Christianity from some of the fake stuff is that there are some people that think they can just sit back and let God do everything. He does a lot of things, but He accomplishes great things through people like you and I. And one of the ways He does that is when you and I become obedient to Him. And so keep that in mind, praise God. I could preach an hour on just that subject, but I want to to go down this syllabus and I want to help somebody in Jesus' name to receive something from the Lord in Jesus' name. And so on your syllabuses, you know, we talk about this. Now look, notice there it says it identifies what spiritual strongholds are and what they are is they are literally thoughts imaginations and arguments that oppose God now think about that amen and are not conformed to the nature the word nature there of Jesus Christ see you and I have been commissioned not only to be saved but to literally be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ That's what's accomplishing on a very slow basis sometimes. Amen. But God is conforming us back to the original of what he intended it to be. Amen. I don't know Adam that much. There's only just a few chapters that describe him and that type of thing. But I got to believe that God created him with some tremendous abilities. But once he sinned, once he allowed that decision-making process to come into his life, that was never meant to be there. It was not meant to be there, you know, but he, he began to, to falter and that type of thing. And so we can't, we can no longer look to Adam as our example. We can't do that. But the one that we look to is Jesus Christ. And that's why, you know, he's got to become our hero. He's got to be the, become the one that we want to emulate. We want to just be just like him. Now, don't get intimidated because you fall short of that on a regular basis. Just get back up and say, I'm going to continue on in the name of Jesus. Listen to me, folks. In the Old Testament, if they could live to be 900, 800, 700, whatever years of age, can you imagine if we lived for God that long? Even in our fallen state, we would accomplish some tremendous great things by being in consistency with God. Well, we're not going to live that long. We're just not going to. But let's take the years that we got and let's make up our minds, praise God, that strongholds are no longer going to drag us down and keep us down in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody needs to lift their hand right now and make a commitment to that. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God. So you have on your syllabuses there what, 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 uh, you know, what the, we can identify what these things are. They're really, they're literally things that oppose God. And we do. There's times that even we do it when we don't even think about it. Praise God. But God can help us to become more sensitive to that. Okay, next there it says strongholds are areas of our life that give place, the word place, to the devil to operate, attack, and hinder our walk and and relationship with God and others through ignorance and disobedience to God and his word. So we don't want to give place to the devil. We don't want to do that. We don't want to give him opportunity to trip us up. Amen. And so this is why we must be aware of these strongholds and we're going to identify them. Amen on the next page there. And we're also going to say, what can we do about this? Do we just want to say, oh, well, I guess this is the way I am, which is what a lot of Christendom does. And I'm not finding fault, folks. I'm just being observant. Because a lot of times people just are not changing. And change is one of the things that God privileges you and I with. We can change. Now, some of it's going to take some work. 
Some of it's going to take some downright getting down on our knees, man, and, and, and getting a hold of the, the throne room or getting into the throne room of God. But we can do that in Jesus' name. And so I want you to understand whether there's a pandemic, whether there's, you know, um, a, a shift in some of the things that are going on in your life, these things can still be accomplished. And so let's, let's allow God to do that in Jesus' name. A scripture there, Hosea chapter number 10, of course, is an Old Testament scripture, but it talks prophetically about breaking breaking up the fallow ground, notice this, of our hearts and to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon us. If you study the Old Testament, one of the places that can, can lend itself to us in this testament is the grain harvest. And one of the things that has to happen, praise God, is there has to be a former and a latter rain to soften up the ground. Well, last night, if you'd have been in that prayer meeting, praise God, there was tremendous rain in this place. And I'm not talking about the stuff that gets you wet. I'm talking about in the Spirit. When the Spirit talks about rain, praise God, and God able to shut up heaven, that's what He's talking about. And so we don't want that to be accomplished. We don't want that to happen. But along with that, as God is beginning to break up our ground, we want to recognize that. Recognize what's going on. It's not such a bad day. Come on. And we got to get rid of this embarrassment. We got to get rid of this wanting to hide all of this stuff from everybody. Listen, folks, I don't care what's happening to me as long as it's okay with God. And so our world, our world has taught us that that's what we do. You know, and so we can, we can, we can really begin to, um, to do something with that in Jesus' name. And so it says there, fallow ground is soil that is no longer cultivated or useful. You can't use it for anything. It's just going to let the rain run off, okay? And has become hardened by the elements. Every one of us have experienced that, especially this year. There's been things that have happened to us that has hardened us a little bit. That's why you and I need the presence of God. That's why we need to come in and let His plow go as deep as He wants. And let's get this ground broken up so that when, not if, when He reigns and the seeds come, praise God, they're going to plant themselves on good ground. And the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Matthew that we can have 30 and 60 and 100 fold, praise God. I'm talking to somebody here today that God wants to give you a 100 fold a harvest in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. That's why I'm believing that a Bible study like this, praise God, is so very valuable in times that we're living in, in Jesus' name. Now, number one there, we'll talk about three or four different elements here. But number one, Satan's domain is darkness. That's what he loves. Amen. The Bible says that, that um, in the third chapter of the book of John, that he passed that on to us. Amen, that there's people in the world today, and you might be one of them right now, that you kind of like the darkness. Well, you've got to learn not to. You've got to learn to say, God, I want you just to shine that light right in there, praise God. And listen to me, folks, when you come to an apostolic church like this, that's usually what's happening. That's why some people who really don't want that kind of thing in their life, man, they won't come back for a while. Or they'll make excuses and all that kind of business. But I'm going to pretend that there is nobody in here that wants that. I'm pretending that everybody in this place wants to see the light of God in their life. Praise God. So begin to recognize the darkness, praise God. Jude talks about this, that, that one chapter in Jude, it talks about the fact that that's where they're condemned. The angels that fell are condemned to that outer darkness. 
Amen. And so you and I, we don't want to be a part of that. Now, the 11th chapter of the book of, of, um, uh, of uh, Luke there talks about the fact that it says, take heed that the light that is in you, it says, be not darkness. Praise God. That's why we need God to identify some of these areas that really are dark. Some of these thinkings, these thoughts. Now remember, you know, strongholds are thoughts, imaginations, and arguments. And folks, people, we do that right between these two ears here. That's where people get involved in that kind of thinking and that kind of um, conversation. And so make up your mind that your thought patterns, praise God, are going to have to change. That's why those of you that have gone through the Bible in its entirety, you're doing the right thing. You're allowing the word to begin to come in and influence your life. And what that does, the byproduct of that, is it changes the way you think. Amen. And so rejoice in that. Man, learn to love that. That is awesome. That is from God. That is a gifting that God has given to you, and he didn't charge you one red cent. So remember that, praise God. These are things that God wants to do, praise God, for every one of us. So his domain, Satan's domain, is darkness. That's what he does. He likes to hide, praise God. And then number two there, it says, wherever there is tolerance for sin or any willful disobedience to God's word, there is darkness and the potential for the devil to work. So do you understand why the church has to preach against sin? Come on, and it's not like we're accusing anybody individually. We're just saying, we're not going to let this hide in here. And so that's what will happen. That's what will go with you back to your home. Pretty soon you'll begin to see things in your own home that you'll say, man, I need to get rid of that. You know, I, I, need, to, I need to just dispose of that, praise God. That book isn't doing me any good. That TV program is bringing me down. That kind of music, all it's doing is promoting my rebellion nature. Come on, folks. That's what we got to understand, that God will not hide the darkness from us, but he's not going to come and grab you by the nap of the neck and throw you down and make you do it. He's just going to let you see it in Jesus' name. And so I believe this year is going to be just like all the other years that we have served God. God is going to begin to do that in Jesus' name. And so we can't tolerate sin. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have mercy and we don't have, you know, um, uh, patience with people and that type of thing. Don't get me wrong here. It's just the idea that if you've got something in your life right now that you know that is sin, don't you put up with the fact that, oh, well, I guess I can just live with that. No, you can't. It's like a disease. It's like a sickness. It'll just add to it. That's why you've got to fight it. You've got to battle against it. And with the help of God, He will help you to do that. He will help you to do that. Now, this is not an exhaustive study here, folks, but it is one that's going to shed the light on a lot of stuff. It's going to do that, okay? Now, number two, you must understand that Satan does have access to some things. Now, he can't read your thoughts, but one of the things he's pretty good at is, is, is understanding your actions. Amen. It's easy for him to know how hungry you are when you just make excuses for not coming to church or praying or reading your Bible. He can see that. Amen. And he'll lend it's himself to that type of a thing. I'm talking about his system, will. One of the things that is absolutely just, it's rampant in our society is busyness. I think you ladies talked about that last Sunday night. It just seems like everybody's got too much to going on. Well, you know what the answer is? Yes. We do. And most of us in this room, we understood if we're going to make God a good priority in our life, we had to get rid of some things, didn't we? Well, listen, the house cleaning isn't over. 
It isn't. There's some hidden things that are going to come to the light that's going to help you, praise God, this week. And if you'll take heed to it and you'll do something about it, you're going to find some tremendous results with the Lord in Jesus' name. Praise God. I detect a little bit of nervousness because there's a few of you that you don't think this is for you, but I want you to understand it is in Jesus' name. Just close your eyes right now. Lift up your hand and ask the Lord to, to clear the way. Get rid of any intimidation, anything that would hinder. Wow, there is an anointing that can break yokes here. I'm talking about stuff that has been in your life for too long. There is an anointing right here, right now, this day, to break that yoke in Jesus' name and bring the yoke of Jesus Christ into your life that will not only replace it, but will give you strength and give you power in the name of Jesus. Come on, if you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you need to be lifting those hands right now and depending on God in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes. Oh, yes. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be to the name of Jesus. Wow. What an almighty God. Yes. Now, the 11th chapter, the 11, or not the 11, but the 22nd chapter of the book of, of Luke, which is in other parts or other gospels, Karen, you're pointing at something. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Uh, number two was Satan has access to our carnal nature. You're welcome. Thank you. That's why I had her come to church this morning. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll not forget anything as long as she's here. Anything important anyway. Praise God. But number two, yeah, Satan has access to our carnal nature. And that's the thing that exposes itself so easily. Amen. That's why you get upset. That's why you get embarrassed a lot of times. You know, that type of thing. I was talking to my wife. I said, you know, I told her yesterday, I said, when I'm a jerk, you don't want to be around me. Well, does that embarrass you? No. That's the way it is. Well, it's the other way around, too. When she's a jerk, I don't want to be around her either. That doesn't mean I'm going to divorce her. doesn't mean I'm going to move out of the house. It just means that's the way it is. Now listen to me. If a marriage relationship operates that way, and whether you want to admit it or not, it does. Do you not think that your relationship with God doesn't have the same kind of thing? Now God doesn't abandon you, but if you want to be a jerk, you want to be stubborn, you want to just say, dig your heels in and say, I'm not doing this. Well, God isn't going to come and slap you alongside the head and say, do it. But it is going to affect your relationship with him. Amen. And so you and I must understand that. And so in the 22nd chapter of the book of Luke there, um, and I won't read the whole, the, the, you know, that chapter. You can study that for yourself, especially the latter portion. This is where they begin to have strife amongst them. I'm talking about the disciples. There begin to be a little politicking going on. In one other render, rendition um, in, in the book of Matthew, it kind of gives us a little more information. The sons uh, of, of Zebedee. Hey, man, I got a couple of good boys here. Let's put one on your right and one on your left. See, what that does is that causes our human nature, 
Ooh, who does, he, who does she think he is? They are. And so this is what happens sometimes even in a church. Even after a prayer meeting. God can begin to accomplish some things in people's life, and pretty soon it'll bring strife, you know, and what that means is to be quarrelsome. That's literally what that word means. And so if you see that towards the things of God, understand that's your human nature popping right up. And if you give heed to that and allow it to run its course, man, you're going to find yourself in, 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 in tough trouble, you know. And so you and I must understand that these things are there, whether we like them or not. Now, one of the things that Jesus revealed to Peter, because he was kind of the arrogant one then, he was saying, hey, you know, all of these guys are going to do this, but not me. You know, I, I'm the strong one here, Jesus, remember? You know, and Jesus said, listen, you know, you're going to deny me. You know, and Jesus wasn't trying to make him look bad. He was trying to warn him. Amen. And that character study of Peter is a very good character study. What did he do? I'm going I'm to go fishing. I'm not going to come to church. I'm not going to do these things. And I'm not trying to be facetious here, folks. I'm just trying to notice our human nature. That's what it does. Amen. And so what, 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 what Matthew doesn't tell us, Luke does. And that is Jesus told him, there's some sifting going on here. And you must understand, sifting, that again, is a, um, it's a harvesting type of term. That's what they did with the wheat. They literally would bring those stalks in, and they would crush them and take the wheat, and they would put it on this threshing floor. And literally what it means to sift something, it means to move it or to agitate it. Anybody been agitated lately? Come on, I'm telling you folks, it happens. We get it, don't we? Praise God. And, and especially in our culture, when you can't do it fast enough. I mean to tell you, you can't do it fast enough. That begins to agitate us. How many besides me don't look at the light in front of me? I look at the light on the side of me. And when that baby's in yellow, man, I'm ready to go. I'm talking about their yellow light. Oh, come on. I'm not the only one that does that, am I? Come on. I'm telling you folks, that's your human nature. Amen. What's they doing on my street? This is my intersection. What are you doing here? See, that's the kind of stuff. I, now, we can laugh about this, folks, but it's there. And this is part of the stronghold that you and I must be aware of in Jesus' name. And so you must understand that Jesus warned Peter and said, Now listen, Satan wants to sift you. He wants to make you useless. And, but you must understand one of the hopes that, Pete, that Peter was given, that, that Jesus said, You're going to be converted. After this is all over, you're going to become a stronger person. And when that happens, now I'm paraphrasing, but basically that's what he's telling them. And he said, when that happens, you encourage your brothers and sisters. That's what we need to learn to do, folks. Amen. Not tear people down, but lift them up. I'm not talking about condoning what they do wrong. I'm talking about saying, listen, you can do this. You can get back up. Don't let that be such a big thing in your life today. Come on, let that thing just come over your shoulder and go right off in Jesus' name. And let's get another better thought in there in the name of Jesus. Come on, folks, I'm telling you, this is what God wants to do. Amen. Because it's stated there on page number two, page number two in your syllabuses. I did get all the fill-in words, right? Okay, keep me in line. Okay, it says at the top of the page there, it says, God can never trust his kingdom to anyone who has not been broken of pride. 
So you must understand, God understands what pride is. And so he's not going to trust his kingdom, for it is the armor of darkness itself. That's what pride does to us. It literally begins to bring darkness into our life. And pretty soon, we're confused. And you know what confuses us? I'll tell you what confuses us spirit-filled people. It's our human nature. That's what confuses us. Why can't we have it our way? Why do we always got to do this? Why do we got to do that? And it just causes us to question, 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 question. Amen. And there are some things that if you'll study the Bible and you'll pray and you'll be faithful to God, He'll answer those questions. But there are some things you're just going to have to wait until it's all over before you're going to have all of them. So remember that. Now, number three, as I told you before, let's identify the stronghold of pride. What does, the, what does pride look like, okay? Well, you must understand it's the cultivation, preservation, and exalting of self. Yes, it is the excessive belief in one's superiority, worth, and merit. Pride is the root, R-O-O-T, cause of many other sins. It's a by, it'll, it'll create all kinds of byproducts. And so that's why you and I must recognize it. Amen. And it's in us. Proverbs 8, 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogancy. And the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate. That's, that's God speaking to us there. And then in Proverbs 16 and 18, pride goeth before the destruction and, and haughty spirit before a fall. These are all things that all of us have experienced, not only individually, but we've seen it happen around us, haven't we? Somebody getting the big head, somebody thinking that they're a little bit smarter than they really are. And I'm not here to accuse because I'm right in with you, praise God. Even pastors can have this stuff happen to them. And then the Bible says in, in Proverbs 29, a man's pride or, or a mankind's pride shall bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble in spirit. I look at pride a lot of times as caffeine. All it'll do is give you a temporary kind of energy. And this is what our world is operating on, by the way. Just some kind of a temporary thing. And then by the end of the night or the next morning or the next week, when things don't work out for us, here we are in the same, and, and, the, and the real issue is it's a bigger hole. It's a bigger one than the one we just climbed out of. And so we must understand, pride is that deal. And you and I have it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, taken away from me when I got the Holy Ghost. I still have it. I have to battle against it, okay? Now, in number four there, what is it? how does it manifest itself? What are we looking for here? What are some of the things that we can identify pride with? Well, here's a whole list right here. And I mean, it's quite a list, isn't it? People who like to be noticed. Me, me, me. Now, listen to me, folks. I believe that God at times will treat us special. But all the time... You have, to be, you have to be treated special all the time? Well, no wonder your pride's got a big hold on you. Listen to me, folks, and I'm not accusing any teacher in here of the public school system, but that's exactly what I feel when I walk into those schools. I'm not saying that some of these students don't need to be built up, and some of these students don't need help. Yes, they do. But that, my goodness, everybody's special. And you must understand something here, folks. Yes, God is a special God. But there's some things you've got to just knuckle down and do some work, even if it's a little bit. But anymore, you know, people don't even want to do that. 
And so think about that. You know, and I'm not saying it's all pride, bad, and all that kind of business, but you begin to see the habit that people get into. You begin to see why people are so offended when the pure word comes to their heart. My goodness, that was just the word. All he was telling you was the truth. All he was telling you is exactly how it is. And you got, man, you blasted the preacher. Man, you wouldn't come back to church. You wouldn't read your Bible. You wouldn't pray. I mean to tell you folks, what's going on here? Well, start identifying the fact, praise God. Selfishness, I, man, there, there's enough being said about that, you know? Comparing ourselves to others. We can really get ourselves into trouble doing that. All I've got to do is read the 25th chapter of the book of Matthew. The middle portion, the middle, there's three parts in that chapter. I told you that last week. The first 14 verses deal with the virgins. It's dealing with the church. Church, period. Amen. And the church is filled with the Holy Ghost. If you're in the church, you got the Holy Ghost. Amen. But the bottom line is, that second portion there is dealing with talents. And, you know, um, uh, the five and the two and the one. You can't tell me that there's a fair system. So right away you understand that some things that you think should be fair aren't going to be. It just isn't going to happen. Now you must understand, I believe a lot of this is going to be equaled out during the millennium period. But right now, you and I have to accept what God does for us. And we must work with it. One of the things, not only just in money, but in everything, we need to become good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Amen. Jake maybe will talk to you tonight. He's introducing a class that will help people to get out of debt. Amen. If you won't be too embarrassed and you won't be too, well, that's not for me. I'm telling you something. This can be a year where you get that log and chain off of your neck in Jesus' name. And I'll tell you something, folks. It's not just getting out of debt. It's learn how to treat finances. That's what God wants to teach us. And so we talk about things like critical, fault-finding people. And we all do. That's one of the first places we want to go when somebody or something points out to us how we're kind of falling short. Well, what about them? What about him? Yeah. And so that's why I haven't made hardly any comments this week about the political situation that's going on. I don't agree with it. But listen, folks, tearing it down, telling everybody how bad they are. No, listen, they need to have churches and all over these communities in America. Listen, folks, Mr. Biden, I have respect for him, but he's not going to fix America. I'm telling you who's going to fix America. His name is Jesus. And it's people like you and I that will live for him every day, praise God. Teach home Bible studies. Come and pray, praise God. And allow people to understand the real power that's going to happen in Jesus' name. That's what's going to happen in Jesus' name. And so quite a list, isn't it? It really is. Go ahead. I'm not going to belabor it and go over it, you know, over and over it. But my goodness, uh, you know, I, I've, I find myself, one of the places I find is, is getting into the defensive mode. That's what happens sometimes, you know. And we have to be careful with that, praise God. I'm not talking about, you know... Um, um, that there aren't times when you're going to have to do that. Man, for the last two and a half years, I've been in that mode in the legal system. I've had to defend myself. They said that I said things that I didn't say, and I didn't say them. So I'm not talking about that part, but I'm talking about our human nature, that when we're confronted, not if, when we are confronted, do we go right to the defensive and say, well, you're, you're, not, as, you're not that good either. That's not the point. Listen, if you're a husband and wife, you'll have your turn. 
<laughs> you will. You will have your turn. Amen. But the bottom line is, learn how to accept some of that stuff. And that's what we got to do. Amen. I'm good at shapes and sizes and some of the colors. My wife is an organizer. She puts all the same things in the, in the right boxes. I don't have time to do that. But boy, when she does that, it saves me a whole lot of time. What am I talking about? The thousand-piece puzzles that we do? My goodness, one of the reasons, praise God, that we're able to accomplish that so fast is because of how stinking organized she is. <laughs> but that's not my strong suit. So what am I going to do? Am I going to boo-hoo about it and complain to God, say, God, make me more organized? No, God says, I already did that. I gave you her. Now appreciate her. Folks, it's very simple. This stuff is very simple if we will just allow God to identify the darkness in our life and then recognize it and allow that light to come in and shine in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise God. Isn't this like taking antibiotics this morning? Do you feel like something's happening inside of you? Come on, I do too. Come on, lift up your hands right now and give God praise for what He's doing. Come on, He's a good guy. Good God. What a good God we serve. Amen. He's not mad at us. He isn't trying to embarrass us. He's really trying to help us in Jesus' name. And so keep that in mind. You're going to have to repeat that kind of stuff to yourself very often. That this is a lot of this stuff is me. It's not God. Now, so we've identified the stronghold of pride. Not in an exhaustive way, but I think in enough a way that all of us kind of got the right idea now, right? I think every one of us in this room, well, I hope everybody in this room recognizes the fact that you got that disease. You and I do. And so, thank God He doesn't hold that against us. But He gives us something to help. And here's the counter. Look at on the next page there, number five. Amen. I didn't miss any words there, did I? Nope, I guess I didn't. Okay, the Bible says, you know, or not the Bible, but the study says, how do we deal with this stuff? Well, the Bible says in number A there that James gives us a good, clear understanding that we have to learn to submit to God. And always remember, submitting isn't when you totally understand and accept and agree. No, submitting a lot of times will be the beginning thing. That I trust God enough that even though I don't understand what he's doing, I'm going to continue to do what he wants me to do. And that's what you and I have to learn to get really, really good at. That no matter what's going on in our life, there are certain foundations that God has established in our life. Something like prayer, reading our Bibles, listening to God-given authority. These are all things that God helps us to learn how to submit with. And so James chapter 4 talks about the fact that God resists the proud but giveth grace or gives grace to the humble. So you see, a lot of times what we're feeling from God isn't His rejection as much as we're, re we're, we're experiencing His... You're a jerk. I don't know if God calls us jerks or not, but I do know that he'll get his point across. And sometimes that's what we have to recognize. And what that usually comes in the form of is resistance. 
How come I'm not feeling him in this prayer? And I'm not totally basing it on feelings, folks. Please don't go there. But the bottom line, sometimes when our prayers aren't moving like we think they should, there might be a little bit of resistance from God. That's a good time to get on these two things here called the left and the right knee and say, okay, God, let's take about five, maybe ten minutes here and examine me now. What's going on here? How am I been doing? And that's not bad, folks. That's healthy. That's what should happen in all of our prayers. It doesn't mean you have to spend six hours on your knees. It just means that, God, I want to get these blockages out of the way. I don't want to have resistance when I need you to come in and do some things. And so remember that, praise God. Number one there says pride is the very nature of Satan. That's what got him into trouble. You know, Isaiah 14 and, and, and Ezekiel 28, those are, are chapters that deal with, with the devil and where, where he came from. And so, you know, I don't think you have to, you know, um, uh, thoroughly, I mean, go over that every day, but you need to be aware of the fact that this was his downfall. And so the Bible says there, it says to exalt self in the place that God alone should have. God hates pride and all the ways it manifests itself, and, and we must hate it as well. Remember what the definition of strongholds, spiritual strongholds were. Thoughts, imaginations, and arguments that oppose God. And so if you want to oppose God, that's your business. But don't expect me to stick around. Don't expect me to continually pray with you in that kind of state. If God gives me the information, I'll tell you, and then you can do something about it. That doesn't mean I don't love you. That doesn't mean that I don't care for you. It just means that I have recognized as a human being, praise God, that you're old enough to make up your own mind. Praise God. That's why I'm going to always leave the light on. There's certain things I'm going to always do regardless of whether you come or not. I'm going to do them because God told me I should. God says you do it in Jesus' name. I had an audience this morning, all seven times I walked around this building. Had somebody sitting over here in a pickup and I could see them lunging over in the seat. You know, every time I would come around, you know, and I'd pray, you know, like that. And I'm, I'm going to admit you, all human nature you know, oh man, alive, should I be doing this? And I thought that for two seconds, and I thought, what am I doing here? I'm doing this for God. I could care less what they think in Jesus' name. I would be glad to answer their questions, but I'm not going to stop doing what God told me to do just because somebody doesn't understand it in the name of Jesus. Now, come on, you can take on that same mentality in the name of Jesus. That's what you can do. Praise God. It doesn't mean that you should brag about all the stuff that God's doing. It just means don't stop doing it. Oh, hallelujah. Psalms in number 2 there, 139. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. That's what God wants to do. Amen. And I forgot to say this. Those of you that are online, if you would like one of these syllabuses, you've just got to get a hold of us and we'd be glad to send you one. We, we want everybody to, be, to, to have one of these in Jesus' name. So the key there in number two is search me. Give God permission to do that. And by the way, he's going to do it anyway. Amen. And that's why sometimes things get revealed to us. And then number three, when we confess and repent of pride with an honest heart, there's the key. It says, and speak the word of God over the areas God has shown to us. The devil has no place of darkness, the word darkness there, to hide any longer. He's exposed. And guess what? The Bible says if you resist the devil, what's going to happen? 
You better believe it, man. He can't stand the light. He cannot stand it, praise God. And that's why what God or the formula that God's putting in our life is the good formula. It's able to do these things in Jesus' name. And so there it is, praise God. James 4 and 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to who? Yes. It says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. It's just a very simple formula. Amen. Works every time. And so letter A there, we got to submit to God. That's our key. That's our counter to pride. And then letter B, humility is the stronghold of the godly. Now, I'm not talking about a poor self-esteem here. I'm not talking about denigrating yourself on a regular basis. I'm talking about what this says here is the definition here. Humility is not thinking of yourself, but acknowledging that you were created for no other purpose than to bring glory to God. There it is. James 4 and 10 says, Humble yourself in the sight of God, or in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. There it is. God doesn't lift you up with pride. He lifts you up with assurance. He lifts you up with grace. He lifts you up with mercy. He lifts you up with truth. This is the things that God will use. Amen. And they are foolproof in Jesus' name. And listen to me, folks. They're all part of the light. That's what they are. He lifts us up with light. Amen. Amen. That's why he's not going to take, you know, some, some human, you know, uh, uh, issue and, and make you feel good about that. If you're waiting for that, no wonder you're getting discouraged. God's got much, much, much more and better for you than some human element here. Amen. And so this is what he will do in Jesus' name, praise God. Again, you know, I want people to see God in me. I want to be transparent. I want people to see the Lord, you know, coming through me in Jesus' name. Chester Wright talks about the fact of a conduit. That's what we need to become. We need to become people that God can come into our lives and he can flow into our lives and out of our lives into other people in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so one of the uh, tremendous Bible studies here, and and I'm not going to even pretend to try to get through it here today, but this is your homework assignment. Take this sheet home. Dissect it, praise God. You know, write some notes down. Get some specifics. You know, in our organization, the word that has come to the forefront here in the last five years is the word intentional. What they're teaching us, or a lot of people are saying, is be intentional about something. Make up your mind every day, I'm going to do this. This is where I'm going to go. That's why when you're, you're trying to develop a, what I would consider a consistent prayer life, you know, one of the things that they ask you to do is they ask you to do two things. They ask you to find a time, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but I believe on a regular basis you can find a time that will work for you. If you're an early riser, go for it. You know, don't wake me up, okay? Don't pray too loud. No, I'm just kidding. You know, if you're a late-nighter like me, you know, you got that owl spirit, Praise God. And a lot of times, at ten, last night it happened again. Man, about quarter after 10, I was ready to go. But then I got to go to bed in an hour because I got to get up early this morning, you know. Man, that's human nature, by the way, okay. Praise God. But the bottom line is, folks, find a time and find a place. There it is. And make it happen. Make it happen for you in Jesus' name. That's not selfishness. That's time well spent with God.
And so the second chapter of the book of Philippians is a tremendous chapter that describes Jesus to us. Let this mind, and really the word there is mindset. How did he think? Well, how did he approach those problems? Did he have to deal with pride? Yes, he did, because he was in all points tempted as we are. Come on, that human nature of Jesus Christ didn't take away from the divinity of God. It just added to the fact that he knows what I'm going through. He knows about this stuff. And that's why the Bible says that he can become the one in our life that can help us in these areas. And so you and I must understand, praise God, that this pride issue... This thing that we like to sometimes hide and say we don't have a problem there. Uh, listen to me, folks. You're fooling yourself. And that is not a good idea. That is not a good idea. Sister Chrissy, I don't know what we're going to sing, but I, I, you're going to get me out of this hole, okay? But the bottom line is, folks, you got it. Now, at the conclusion at the back of the page there, we must continually, everybody say continue. There's one of the key elements to living for God in this world. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You know, if we must continually pray that God will reveal any strongholds that the enemy has established. And that's really the ones I'm trying to focus on here today. I'm not talking about that every once in a while when you get ticked off about something or that type of thing. Listen, folks, don't go and call everything a devil. Some of it's just your human nature that you're going to have to learn to deal with. Amen. But I'm talking about stuff that is well established in your mind right now. Stuff that kind of got you a little irritated with this Bible study here today. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Don't accept that as, oh, I guess that's the way I am. No, you say, hey, listen, we're going to do something about that. We're going to do something about that. And so we must continually pray that God will reveal any strongholds that the enemy has established in our life and be quick to repent. There's another one of those keys, folks. Jesus told Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Keys, plural. And I believe this is one of those keys. Learning how to repent and sincerely mean it on a quick basis. Don't let those things hinder you in Jesus' name and make your wrong responses right. Amen. Restitution is part of the plan of God today. One of these days I'm going to talk about what does that mean? What does restitution mean? Let me just sow a seed right here. One of the keys or one of the seeds of restitution is accountability. That's why you and I need pastors. That's why you and I need leadership in our lives. We can't just go off on our own little campaign and say, hey, it's just me and Jesus. Listen to me, folks. The charismatic world is in a disastrous mindset when they say that. And I'm not here to criticize everything they're doing. I'm just saying, listen, we need godly leadership. Jesus, the Bible says in the fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians, he gave to us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Folks, that doesn't mean that every saint is one of them. It just means that he puts them in the local church, praise God, so that you and I can understand what is the clear direction that God has us on and to keep us on that course in Jesus' name. Now, let's end this today, praise God. Be prepared. Everybody say, I'm a Boy Scout, Girl Scout. Okay, for, 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 for 30 seconds, you are. I deem you this, okay? You are all Boy and Girl Scouts right now. And so one of the models when I was a Boy Scout was be prepared. Yes. And so we must be prepared for the 
resistance. And I'm not just talking about the resistance of God, I'm talking about the resistance of the world, the resistance of Satan, and the resistance of your human will. Yes, it's probably already started, but I rebuke it in the name of Jesus, the excuses. The excuses why we can't do this. And there is absolutely no excuse. And so be prepared for the resistance from your own flesh and carnal nature, which is the very thing you are trying to set or to be set free from. Can you say amen? amen. Last one there. All victory begins with removing everything that defends, number one, or gives place to the devil. We're not going to be... He doesn't need us as a defense attorney. Amen. And we don't need to be giving him any any room in Jesus' name. Praise God. And so continue on that track. You can be encouraged. God is a good God. He does great things, and He'll continue to do great things. Tonight, if you're interested, here at the church, and we're going to do this before the praise service, but you come tonight, you know, 5, 5, 5, 15, whatever, whatever your schedule allows it, come into this sanctuary, and let's fill this place with the pray, not only praise, but prayers. Let's get on our face, and let's trust the Lord in Jesus' name. And then around 6 or whatever the Lord moves on us, we'll come and we'll praise, and we'll give God praise in Jesus name and then maybe we'll hear a little bit of from the word of the Lord tonight in Jesus name so that's tonight in Jesus name I know we've had these small groups going on but we try to every month try to institute some type of worship and praise that you can come and do in Jesus name praise God amen don't forget the Bible study on Wednesday wasn't that a good Bible study Wednesday night Come on, I'm telling you right now, we need to understand God is an all-inclusive God. That means everybody's invited. It doesn't mean that we appreciate their behavior sometimes. It just means, hey, we're going to tolerate, we're going to love, we're going to allow people to come in the name of Jesus. I felt last night one of the things that was being accomplished in this place was that there was literally the darkness. People are in darkness, praise God, and they don't even know it. And then the blindness. The Bible says that Satan blinds people that they don't even know how to be saved. That's why sometimes when you talk about Jesus' name, baptism, or infilling of the Holy Ghost, they look at you like a deer in the headlight. They go, what is that? They don't even know that stuff. And that's why you and I, we can push that stuff away. God gives us the power through corporate prayer to push that darkness and that blindness away. And I felt that was happening in this area of Gillette, Campbell County, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain District, and everywhere that I influence. In the name of Jesus. It was happening, and God will help you to be a part of that. Praise God. I'm so thankful for what the Lord is doing in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.